Aviation Podcast is presented as entertainment, not flight instruction. Though some participants are certified flight instructors, their comments, opinions, and discussions of flying techniques are theirs alone. None of the co-hosts or guests on this podcast are acting as your flight instructor. Please consult your own CFI for guidance on your specific flight training, aeronautical knowledge, and aircraft operation. This is the Stuck Mike Avcast, an aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. Episode 188, Let's Talk Flying with Kevin Streeter, coming up next in this episode of the Stuck Mike Avcast. Now here are your co-hosts, Victoria Newville, Eric Crump, Larry Overstreet, Russ Roseleski, Tom Frick, Rick Felty, and Carl Valeri. Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Stuck Mike Avcast. We love aviation and love people who share their passion for aviation. Today joining me is Kevin Streeter, the host of Let's Talk Flying podcast, a new podcast that really pushes forward the just a passion and also is educating people in aviation. But before we begin, a quick word from our sponsor. Our sponsor is AviationCareersPodcast.com. For scholarships, career coaching, and interview preparation, go to aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, do you know anyone that'd like to receive their flight training for free? If you do, visit the scholarships guide at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships. We've had people that have gone through their whole careers, had it paid for through the scholarships within the guide. Now entering cruise flight. Today we don't have any news and announcement because we have somebody special with us, and that is Kevin Streeter. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. This is awesome having you on finally. Hey, Carl. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited to be here, and thank you for the invite today. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's just so cool to have other podcasters and people that are passionate about podcasting involved here. And uh, Kevin, you are actually up in what I call the Arctic tundra, and uh, that's Michigan. I know that's not... <laughs> <laughs> to us in Florida, that's super cold, but uh, it, it's a wonderful place. Actually, it's beautiful this time of year. I think uh, it just gets cold at night. That's that's the only thing. And as far as flying is concerned, uh, I think you guys are going to coming into a, one of your challenging seasons, aren't you? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's definitely getting colder as the days go on. And this morning was pretty cold. I, I worked at the airlines this morning, and it was uh, you know starting to go through that first layer, you know, of uh, that you wear and. Yep, it's getting to that time of year where we have to start thinking about de-icing airplanes and, um, you know, scraping frost off our windows and that kind of stuff. So before we get to, like, you know, what you do at the airport there and everything else, uh, first of all, you're around aviation all the time. You work at the airport, et cetera. But your passion for aviation actually started at a very young age. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that background there and, and why you're so passionate about flying. Oh, yeah, definitely. I can, uh, you know, as long as I can remember, uh, flying, I've always wanted to do it. And uh, I've always, and I think this is, you know, my grandfather, uh, who I just, you know, just happened to lose, you know, a couple months ago. Um, He, you know, always sparked that in me. You know, he, I always had a toy airplane. It seemed like ever since I can remember, like the same before. And, uh, you know, when I was old enough to kind of, you know, say yeah i think this is this is kind of where i want to go and i want to at least try to fly an airplane you know and it was it wasn't even a matter of days after i said that that i was enrolled in a a college for kids program you know in a summer and uh, i was only 14 years old at the time 
and I went to uh, Northwestern Michigan College here in Traverse City, and I did a, it was a, it was like a week or two long, you know, college, it was a, you know, a couple hours a day, you know, and it was, it was only a couple days a week uh, for the, during the, each week. And then, you know, it'd be a series of ground school, you know, you learn just the basic aerodynamics and stuff. And, you know, I thought that was really awesome. But the minute I stepped foot in that airplane, in that airplane, uh, lifted from the ground, that was it. That was it for me. I was hooked. And uh, I really haven't looked back since, uh, to be honest. But yes, uh, it started at a young age. And thankfully, I had uh, a family that supported this, um, you know, from an early age. So, if you don't mind me asking, what uh, what airport did you learn or start your flying in, and, and where are you now? Well, I started my flying here in uh, Traverse City, Michigan. So, if uh, you know all the Michiganders listening out there, if you hold up your uh, right hand, it's going to be up in the pinky. You know, it's kind of like the Michigan roadmap. You know, for uh, when we're traveling and we're showing where we live. So, I'm up in the pinky there. Still here in Traverse City. Uh, you know, born and raised here. So, that's uh, so where I did a lot of my flying. Was up here. Uh, flown in different parts of Michigan, uh, did some flight instructing stuff here in Manistee too, uh, which is you know, on the, uh, west side of the state, but for the most part, it's all been in Traverse City. So now you are, you said you're working for an airline and, uh, you're working at the airport, but not in a flying capacity, but you're, uh, you're working in some, uh, management type of role. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep. I, uh, I work for a, uh, a large airline here in Traverse City and, uh, you know, I started out as just a you know, a fleet service clerk, you know, I just did, you know, I threw bags. Um, as I kind of moved forward, I got into uh, the customer service end of it, working at the counter and, uh, started doing that kind of stuff, baggage service office, you know, so on and so forth. Ended up moving up into a leadership role. Uh, now I, I, uh, along with two other, uh, supervisors, uh, we manage about 30 employees, um, at our airline here in Traverse City. So not only do you, you're immersed in aviation from the general aviation standpoint, you also know the airline side. So you have both sides of the fence there, but you have a, you're very active uh, in aviation from the GA side. You've uh, actually got your ratings and uh, in our work at a flight school. So let's talk about the flying side uh, of that. What is it that you do at Traverse City as far as actually getting to fly airplanes? Oh, wow. So, yeah, there's a lot to it here. So, um Traverse City, there's there's quite a bit. We have a very scenic area. Um, you know, there's we're surrounded by lakes and waters and trees and stuff. So uh, a lot of air tours. We do a lot of air tours here in Traverse City. Um, I work for uh, a uh, flight school here um, at Traverse City. Uh, there's four instructors. Uh, and then if you include the owner, there'd be five. Um, I say, actually, we're up to six now, six total. And, uh, you know, a nice fleet of aircraft. And so we do a lot of that. Uh, my uh, father-in-law and mother-in-law uh, have a Piper Arrow. So I do a lot of flying uh, in our Piper Arrow as well. Um, you know, and, and uh, my father-in-law like to fly together quite often. So we do a lot of that here uh, just to kind of keep, you know, the airplane flying and, and the skill sharp, you know, so that kind of stuff. Um, you know, up here on the general aviation aspect of it, you know, when I got my commercial license, uh, the first thing I did was I got hired at uh, a, F- a FBO um, over in Manistee, uh, Michigan, that's on the west side of the state. And I did a lot of air tours, um, quite a few over there as well. Uh, seems like it'd be a nonstop, 
you know, you get there at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, you go to six and it seemed like you'd maybe only have 30 minutes for lunch and you just keep going and going and going because it's a very touristy area. And so, and there's big billboards and stuff um, that actually advertise that. So um, it, I think I built a lot of time doing that. Um, just kind of anytime I get a chance to, you know, go into get a, you know, get into an airplane, I definitely do it. Uh, I've done a lot of safety pilot stuff, you know, for people on, with instrument, you know, before I had my instructor rating and uh, different things like that. So there's a lot of it on the GA side, you know, here, um, you know, we're Traverse City's, uh, you know, even though we're kind of a larger airport, uh, you know, larger uh, class Delta, uh, the community's still pretty tight. So um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, um, people getting together and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. We do Young Eagles flights and stuff here too as well. So there's a lot going on here in Traverse City. It looks like a really, really beautiful area. If you're thinking about uh, vacation, I think that would be a really cool spot. I've never actually been up there on the ground. And, uh, well, I've been to the airport. That's about it. But it's uh, it looks phenomenal. I mean, for those that want to look at, you know, any type of leaves changing, I've seen the pictures, haven't seen it in real life, and also into you know, lighthouses. And I'm assuming that you get the reason you're doing so many air tours is because it is so pretty. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, right now, too, um, I was out with a student uh, the other day. and You know, we got an extended downwind for runway 28 here in the Traverse. Uh, and getting out towards, like, I don't know, I know people familiar with Michigan will know, towards the Kalkaska area. And I just couldn't believe already the trees are starting to turn colors. And, you know, usually this early in the state, you know, they're more of a mild color, but they're actually starting to get quite bright. So yeah, definitely the color tours up here are huge and, uh, that's a big deal, but yeah, Traverse city from the air is beautiful. Um, you know, I did an interview, uh, with, um, oh man, I just had a mind blank here. Oh, Mike, Mike Goulian, mm-hmm. uh, did an interview with Mike Goulian and, uh, you know, he said he loves, uh, flying here in Traverse city because, Every time he takes off, it reminds him of flying in the Caribbean. Um, hmm. Our waters are extremely clear. They're like that teal blue. Um, you get out towards, you know, East Bay and Torch, Torch Lake and these different ones, you know, on the northern end of it. And you can see straight to the bottom. It's crystal clear. It looks just like Caribbean, uh, Caribbean water. And, uh, you know, we're very blessed to have that here. And, uh, you know, but yet it does draw in large crowds to uh, from around around the country and around the world. Uh, we do have, uh, I know Traverse City not too long ago was actually mentioned on the National Geographic for one of the most beautiful places in the world. And uh, since then, we've been uh, getting quite, you know, populated <laughs> for sure. Uh, but we do, uh, we do have a lot of festivals and stuff here. Uh, our biggest one is the National Cherry Festival. Uh, we have a large cherry population here. Um, so they have a festival for it. Uh, then we have like, you know, of course film fests it's a big deal and then uh you know we have a comedy and esquitarian and there's a bunch of different things that go on here so a great destination to fly in that's for sure as a matter of fact it's it's called cherry capital airport right that that's is the, correct yeah. yeah so that's there's cherry a reason capital for that airport. Yeah, there is it's <laughs> and, kind of funny they always uh throw the the cherry festival so early uh in the season and we never actually have our own cherries. That's kind of a little, little tidbit for everyone there. <laughs> uh, we get them from Washington State, I think, is where they come from. That's hilarious. 
Wow. I tell you, there is something about Michigan that's very appealing. Uh, you know, Victoria, of course, flew up there. And uh, one of my co-hosts on the other podcast, Aviation Careers Podcast, he, he's actually in Midland, which is not uh, it's closer to, I guess, Saginaw, that area uh, in Saginaw Bay. But everybody loves to talk about the flying throughout Michigan because it's so diverse. If you're into the water and you want to see some amazing scenes, uh, just take a plane and just go around the coast. Inland, it's beautiful. There's many different festivals. Um, you know, I've spent most of my time in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, that is definitely not the rest of uh, the rest of Michigan. Uh, Grand Rapids is beautiful. You got Holland, Michigan, with the tulip festivals. There's just so much to do there. If you have an airplane, it's a great way to get around, and they're very GA friendly in Michigan, and it's uh, a great place to fly. Even though that the only flying I've done is to the bigger cities. Hopefully, going to change that. That's uh, one of my next goals is to to fly up there. What a terrific place. Oh yeah, definitely. And you know, you know, my close Rob uh, Erickson. A lot of a lot of you guys know Rob. You know that listen to this. You know Victoria. You know and Larry Overstreet and all them. Uh, good friends with Rob too as well. But Rob kind of really got me into uh, kind of your uh, weekend pancake breakfast flying. You know, so the flyings, and uh, Michigan has a ton of flyings. So uh, there's actually a calendar that you can get off of. Uh, off of the Michigan, I think it's like Michigan.gov, you know, and and then it uh, you type in uh, like uh, your pancake breakfast flyings, and uh, yeah, there's a whole list every every weekend in the summer. It lists out the airports that have these pancake breakfasts, and uh, and we like to hit a lot of those in the summer. It's a lot of fun, a lot of grass strips, a lot of strips that will put some challenge to a lot of people's skills, and it's always fun to like take students to those kind of things because not only are they going and having a good breakfast and get to kind of intermingle with the different aviation community but yet you know you can put a lot of good learning twist on that too as well uh such as your short and soft fields all combined into one you know and it makes it a lot of fun uh get into like an uncontrolled pattern with uh, a lot of aircraft in there it, it just it puts a lot of challenges out so there's a lot of fun stuff to do with that yeah, one thing I love about it, too, is it's a fly-in and a drive-in pancake breakfast, so people are invited from all different walks of life, and I love that when we bring everybody together to enjoy this thing that we love, and that's aviation. Uh, so one of the things I, I really encourage those that are listening right now, check it out, Mission, Michigan.org, also AirNav, and check out their the airport there, Traverse City. And it's KTVC, by the way. We'll have links in the podcast. You don't have to go check it out now and search on it, but we'll have links in the podcast. So if you're you're looking at it right now, just go ahead and click on that. It'll open it up on another page. One of the things that I think is uh, really important is the fact and the note that there are so many people that are passionate about aviation in Michigan uh, that it usually spurs them to do other things and go out and uh, and get involved in aviation, not just uh, from the standpoint of of flying, but also involved in many different aspects of volunteering and podcasts. And that's actually one of the things that uh, main reason we brought you on here is the this podcast that you started called Let's Talk Aviation Podcast. So, uh, and I love the interviews and all, but tell us a little bit about uh, Let's Talk Aviation Podcast and and what made you decide to, to get involved in podcasting in the aviation realm. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, the podcast is actually called the Let's Talk Flying Podcast. And, Sorry, uh, Let's Talk Flying. Sorry. <laughs> no problem at all. No problem at all. Uh, let's Talk Flying Podcast. And this is kind of like a vision I've had for, I mean, back when I was in flight school. So I started flight school when I was 14. Uh, so it kind of put me back till a year like uh, right around 99, 2000, right around there. Um, so podcasts were kind of, you know, more, they, they were kind of new 
during that time, you know, that was, it was kind of an up and coming thing. And there was always the podcast, you know, as you know, out there, I was always looking for something to help me educate myself further. Uh, something that I could listen to while I'm driving or, you know, that kind of stuff. So I actually used to have an old tape deck where I used to record myself and I would read different excerpts out of books or studying for my written or something like that. And then I would come back and I would listen to it in the car and as I was driving and it would be a way for me to study. And so I was like, man, I really wish there was like a place that had aviation education, like uh, flight instruction, industry discussions, you know, that kind of stuff all in one place. And I said, you know what, someday I think I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that happen. And so um, after I got my CFI done, I uh, said, you know what, now's the time. So I, uh, I said, I'm going to do this. I told my wife, I said, this is something I want to do. Um, she's very been very supportive with it. And so I founded the company uh, Blue Panda Aviation. And then there's a kind of a story of why I kind of named it Blue Panda. Uh, but so then I got Blue Panda, and we can, we can go into that here in a minute. But like, yeah, I'm going to hear uh, that one. <laughs> that's another, it's another story there. But like, so what I did is, I, I came up with this uh, idea, I said, and I went to Rob, you know, who's our, who's my co-host, and I said, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to bring you on because I know, I mean, not only do you have a really good following, you have a plethora of knowledge, you know, going on. I learned so much from Rob uh, through when I was uh, finishing up flight training with him. Not only did I finish my flight training with Rob, but he also was a, a classmate when we were in college together. So that's how I got to know him. And uh, overall, like, the podcast, his vision is this. So not only do we want to continue to teach the aviators that are out there right now, that are aviators here, but we want to educate and influence the aviators of tomorrow. So the people that like are still maybe just thinking about becoming a pilot or they just started their private and they, where are they going to go? You know, that's kind of the big thing too. We're going to talk, you know, on the podcast, we'll talk about flight instruction, a lot about Know, aviation safety, education, and the industry as a whole. So um, I did an interview with uh, one of the Blue Angels this year, um, Brandon Hempler, and uh, he said that uh, when he was listening to our podcast, this is where he reached out to me and said, I really like what you're doing with this podcast. I kind of want to be involved. I'd like to do an interview because you are catering to who I was when I was in flight school. I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so that was a really big thing for him was so he wanted to be able to contribute his, you know, background and insight to our listeners because I catered to him and the person he was in flight school. And that's kind of like where I was at. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to go to the airline at the time. The airlines weren't paying well, uh, you know, it, uh, charter was there, you know, flight instructing wasn't paying well either. You know, there was just, it was kind of a hard place to figure out really where we wanted to go. And then, so I want to like put this podcast together so we can talk to people that, well, you know, if you're listening to it, maybe you don't want to be a pilot, but you still like the aspect of aviation. You're an, you're an ab geek, just like all of us, but you don't really want to fly, you know? So what are some of the other jobs or industries that you can get in? that you can actually, you know, be around airplanes on a regular, uh, regular basis. And so, you know, that's where we'll talk to like, you know, your ground handlers, your, your ramp guys, your general aviation, you know, FBO guys, you know, maybe you want to, maybe you want to be a GM for an airline or, 
maybe you want to just be a fueler, you know, and smell that ab gas every morning, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's, that's kind of the overall vision of our, of our podcast was let's educate everyone on the different, different aspects of aviation and the different fields that you can actually go into and, but still, you know, learn and, and educate yourself and, you know, that kind of stuff. That's kind of the overall vision. I think that's terrific. I, uh, you know, our aviation careers podcast, we talk about different careers. The problem is right now the airlines are hiring so much. It's, we have just gotten so involved in just, just the flying portion of it. It's so, I think it's so important to tell people, yeah, there's so many other jobs out there. And I really commend you for doing that with this podcast. I think that's terrific. Uh, there's also things out there that uh, you should think about that you might want to do that are close to aviation, but have nothing to do with aviation, using aviation as a tool, which I think is really important. And uh, it doesn't matter what you do. We're all passionate about it. You know, and I think that's kind of cool. And that comes across in the podcast, which I like. And uh, oh, yeah, it's that's one of our biggest visions. You know, you got, you know, this this podcast is for the person that's just like an ab geek, you know, is the big one, you know, but it's also for the people, like I said before, that maybe don't know anything about aviation, you know, and that need to be influenced, you know, to, you know, what do they really want to do? Um, you know, if you listen to our, our last episode we just put out, um, you know, and you and I were talking about it before the show uh, with Kyle Faso and Samantha Hagen. Samantha, you know, met Kyle, and he was the pilot. He was the, you know, the person studying to be an A&P. Now she's been immersed in aviation, and she's not a pilot, but she loves aviation. She can't get enough of it. And that's what we're looking to do, influence people. Uh, to maybe take that next step, you know, come down to Sun and Fun. Let's go to Oshkosh. Experience aviation at its fullest is the big one. And the thing with, you know, you you and I can relate to this for sure because we do it every year. But like Sun and Fun, Oshkosh, you know, those kind of things. That is just nothing but one of the best groups of people you can be around. Everyone's happy. Everyone is there for the same reason. No one's there to judge you. Uh, you all are there to just talk flying, be around flying, anything and everything, airplanes and aviation. And that's the big thing. I just want to introduce as many people to that as I can. And I think we need to do that as an industry, and I'm so glad that people like yourself are out there doing that, um, because a lot of times we we think oh we're in this little private club, but it's not. You know, we need to bring everybody into it. So I I really commend you for that. But you're right. I mean, those aviation events are are just absolutely terrific. The cool thing about those events is the fact that there are so many people that are av geeks that love aviation that are there that do not fly, and that's something we we have to realize is that we do need to keep reaching out to those people and say, hey, come on by the airport and hang out. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk a little bit about that at the end of the episode about your airport because the last episode we got a lot of feedback on uh, with Stuck Mike Avcast, and it is really interesting to hear people talk about what really makes their airport cool. But we'll talk about that in a second. First of all, one of the things I want to know, you know, for you, it sounds like you really got into aviation. You're really passionate about it. You're on airplanes all the time. You didn't get into the airline flying, but you're now uh, flight instructing and you're having a blast. You're doing the podcast thing. So I guess what the question is, you know, what's next for Kevin? Oh, wow. Um, what's next for Kevin? 
the big thing with me, my overall vision is the airlines. I'm going to go eventually. I'm going to get there. Um, but right now I'm just having fun uh, teaching. I've always been kind of a leader, uh, somebody that's always like to educate people uh, and teach them new things. Uh, you know, I've always been told that. I've always seemed to, every job I get into, I've always seemed to be put into a leadership role and uh, eventually uh, because, you know, my mentors and stuff see that I have that good background. So right now I'm taking the time to enjoy, you know, finishing up my students, getting them, you know, and filling their their minds with aviation and, and giving them all the correct and information that they need to move forward in aviation. So right now I'm just taking the time to, you know, wrap up my students, get them uh, squared away uh, in their aviation beginnings. Um, and then I'm, you know, eventually going to go to the airlines. That's my next step is the airlines. In teaching your stu- students, I'm, I'm curious, a lot of what you do is private pilot and then some instrument training. Um, talk a little bit about the challenges of instrument training up in, in your area, because I think a lot of people are concerned that, uh, you know, in, when you're up in the north, you can't do your instrument. And that's not – I actually did my instrument up north. You just have to uh, be careful about icing. So how do you deal with that when you're trying to get someone their instrument? Yeah, uh, these months definitely pose a lot of challenges uh, when it comes to flying um, and, and, and instrument training for sure. Um, the big thing is, you know, like right now with me, I, I kind of – I never – I didn't. I haven't had the um, – uh, the need yet to have my double eye done. So I'm actually in the process of finishing that right now. Um, but because I've had all private students, um, but I can definitely go back into when I was in flight school um, and, and doing my instrument. So the big thing with up here is um, because we have Lake Michigan um, on the west side of the state, uh, and then we have, you know, Superior and, and so on and so forth surrounding Michigan overall. Uh, we do get a ton of lake effect and the weather that comes with it. Um, right at the Traverse City Airport, uh, it actually meets both um, East Bay and West Bay that's divided by the peninsula. And so we get a ton of the weather that's that comes in from that. So it does make our flying quite challenging. Um the big thing, you know, like when I was in school and, you know, my father-in-law right now who's working on his instrument uh, stuff is, is, you know, really immersing yourself in weather, uh, knowing weather. You know, I w- it always was a joke. You know, I would they always joke around, you know, at the college when I was there that we're kind of uh, like, you know, part-time meteorologists, you know. As, a, as pilots, you know, we kind of have, you know, you always have your family coming to you. What's the weather going to be today? You know, <laughs> yeah. you know kind of thing. And I get that. I get that quite often. And it's like, you know, so you just go in and you start reading about the front, you know, the, the, where the different, you know, what's the pressure systems doing, where the front's at, you know, what's going on. And so ultimately just being able to really pay attention to your freezing levels, um, you know, what's, you know, and we all know from, you know, when we fly that weather can change um at the flick of a hat you know what i mean so um being prepared having an out uh in the event that you know an unexpected snowstorm you know comes through or uh some unexpected precipitation um any anything anything like that because um even here on a nice on a nice sunny day um 
being nice and cold as it is on those sunny days, you're up and then you get anywhere near, you know, any type of cloud or anything and moisture persists, uh, that will freeze. And so we just need to just kind of teach, we teach the importance of uh, freezing the characteristics that the ice will do to the, what it'll do to the aircraft, um, the different lift properties and stuff that'll, and how it'll affect it, you know, and that kind of stuff. So we just focus more on really the weather aspect of things, which ultimately is what the instrument really is. But, um, you know, just in the importance of, you know, it'd be like flying in Florida, you know, on a yearly basis, you have thunderstorms and rain and stuff like that. But, you know, then you get up here, you know, so our thunderstorms are just snowstorms. (laughs) So that's kind of where we, uh, you know, we kind of work with that. So like then when it comes to like summer months, it's, it's really, it's not too bad because, you know, we're, we're so used to, you know, all the other bad stuff, you know, flying in a little rain is actually kind of refreshing compared to snow. So what about someone, you just mentioned Florida. There's a, a lot of people in the South that just don't fly in the winter. Um, and I tell you, I, I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I was in a flying club up North and also one in the, down South because I was working up North living in the South. There's a couple things you do with an airplane in the winter and are concerned with not just flying, but actually operating around an airport. There's a lot of concerns that we sometimes forget about. Uh, one of them is, and this is really embarrassing, but I, I think I told the story a long time ago, is de-icing. I mean, even if it's a, it's a beautiful day and you have to de-ice your aircraft. You know, I went out there one day and I started scraping, scraping, putting all this, you know, de-ice fluid on top of the aircraft. And then all the guys that were going to go flying about the same time, they're all sitting inside looking at me like I'm nuts. And I didn't realize that all they did was put their planes into the where the sun would be as it comes up. And they just waited. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the sun yep. just melted. So here, here's, here I am working my butt off, trying to get all this off my airplane. And these guys are sitting there like, like laughing, like, oh, here's, here's the guy from Florida. He doesn't realize the sun's going to come up and melt all that. And sure enough, it came up and melted it all off. Those guys just wiped their planes down and went. And I was sitting there working on my plane for an hour. So to avoid those embarrassing moments, maybe you could speak towards those <laughs> folks down south. You know, what could you expect from an airplane? What are the things that concern you? about an aircraft uh, when the cold weather comes? Oh, let's see. The big thing, you know, uh, the big thing with, with, with our aircraft, or like, you know, when I'm flying for sure, like the Arrow and, um, you know, that kind of stuff is making sure that, you know, if it was sitting outside, uh, just making sure like my pitot tubes um, and stuff, you know, make sure the heat gets put on, uh, you know, making sure that if there is any frost or anything like that on my wings, like you, like, you know, you were saying there, just kind of work at getting them off. But yeah, the big thing is, is it is, is very true. Just, just kind of get your aircraft out into the sun and let it sit for about a half hour, you know, or so. And that sun will definitely get that light layer off for you. Um, but the big, you know, just overall, like, you know, with the winter flying up here, um, the big thing, you know, what, what I've run into the last actually couple of years, uh, with the arrow was, um, snow removal. So sometimes the snow is coming down so bad that the airport, uh, you know, takes, you know, a couple of days to actually get the runways actually back to uh, pavement status. 
So you're actually landing on snow-covered runways. Uh, when you have snow-covered runways and it's, uh, you know, getting packed down like that, you know, they get really slick. Um, so teaching the uh, proper techniques, you know, pumping the brakes, you know, don't uh, just, you know, lock them up. Otherwise, you're going to start sliding, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, another couple issues I've had uh, was where uh, up in the northern states here in, or the, you know, up in here in Michigan anyway, uh, we our snow removal equipment has these very large brushes, and they're huge. So not only do they have a big plow in the front of them, then in the middle of them, these monstrous brushes just kind of uh, like scraping down to the pavement. And then on the back end of it, it's these huge blowers, and they're blowing all that excess snow off the runway. Well, I've actually had it where on landing on the same wheel, it seems to be always the right side, I've always picked up these metal brushes into my wheel I've gotten a couple flats, and so a couple mm. flats out on the runway with, you know, freezing temperatures is not fun. Then you're waiting for somebody to come and yank you off the runway, and uh, you get that repaired. But yeah, it's it's you know there is different different challenges that get posed in the winter flying months, and another big one is uh, you know your banks, the snow banks. So uh, teaching proper uh, taxiway, you know, like taxiway and, and centerline. It's uh, centerline is very important. Uh, you know, taxiing on the center line is important because it gives you that clearance on the wing. So if you're off to one side or the other, there's a chance that you could hit those, you know, especially in a low wing airplane, uh, you know, some of those banks that may build up on the sides. So that's a couple things. Um, again, uh, but yeah, the sometimes our winners are enough to where, I mean, our, our Traverse City Airport operations team is very, very good. Uh, they operate 24 hours a day uh, when it's when it's in the winter months. And uh, they're very good at keeping up, but yet there is some days where it is a couple of days before they actually get back down to the pavement because the snow is coming down so heavy. And then it does pose those uh, slippery risk, you know. So teaching students importance of, you know, proper braking techniques, um, you know, centerline control, um, you know, and taxiing, proper taxiing techniques just to, you know, stop any hazard that could occur, you know, with like hitting your wings on a, on a snowbank or, you know, sliding off the runway, um, you know, and that kind of stuff, but kind of like the brushes and that kind of thing. That's kind of an unavoidable, you really can't see them until they go through your tire and it's flat. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's so much to it. I tell you. And, uh, it, it kind of brings, it reminds me back when, uh, a long time ago, uh, Len Costa started the podcast. Uh, we talked about, uh, winter flying. We actually have a course online about it. It's called the practical guide, to winter flying. Uh, and, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes, but we talk a lot about that, you know, different types of ice and that type of thing. And say you do have flight and known icing on your aircraft, uh, you have a Cirrus, et cetera, and Fiki, learning the different things as far as what type of stalls you can get involved with, the, the known icings, icing intensity, that type of thing, emergencies and icing. So uh, there's a free trial, so you can check out the first video, you know, what is ice and ground operations, kind of like what we're talking about here. Uh, I I tell you, you you look at a, a taxiway and it looks like it's fine, but boy, you can start sliding. And I've I've done that before. I started heading around, take a shortcut, cut across a ramp, and just started sliding sideways until I actually hit the taxiway that was treated with the anti-ice fluid. Very important. Um, the other thing too, I think people don't realize is the airplane is different. It performs differently, and it's tougher to start sometimes. Uh, so all those things, um, you know, we're not doing a whole course here on it, but all those things we want to think about, and that's why you want to grab someone, 
uh, you know, just like yourself. And you go up north and say, hey, can you teach me a little bit about flying in the northern states and flying in this cold weather? Uh, some places they put blankets on their wings. Some guys put stuff in the hangar. What are some of the things, like if I put my plane in the hangar and I pull it out, you know, maybe all that melted water is now going to turn to ice. All those little things that someone like an instructor, you know, that actually has experience and it has been flying up north for a while, like Kevin, will be able to tell you. And that's who you really need to reach out to. And uh, I, th- I think it's a really good idea, don't you? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, like, so, you know, going, uh, you know, definitely being from Traverse City and flying in this on a yearly basis, you know, I can take it, you know, I've learned quite a bit of, you know, different tips and tricks from all the different structures I've had. Um, and I'm always willing to, even if, you know, if you are up here, you know, or you're thinking about coming up, you know, and, uh, you know, you want to come up and rent an airplane at the flight school or something, you know, and we'll be always willing to help you and fly with you, definitely, for sure. Or just shoot me an email, you know, and if you have questions. Awesome. Um, I'm always one to be able to, you know, reach out and, and uh, help you out with that, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I think it's a really smart idea to fly with somebody, you know, that's flown in, in type of the winter months. Uh before somebody that hasn't done it before it'd be the same thing like with one of us going out and wanting to fly in mountainous train and never have done it before you know the different weather conditions you know your updrafts your downdrafts you know that kind of stuff that you actually see out there on a regular basis and you know going into something like that you know not prepared and uh not educated on uh could potentially be life-threatening so you know same thing with snow um you know how to deal with it you know, and that kind of stuff is uh, is a big one. So I'm with you there. Yeah, I tell you, there's so much stuff out there on the Internet. And this is so great that you're doing this type of uh, podcast that educates people. Um, with that said, you know, what, what's next for the podcast? What's next for Let's Talk Flying podcast? Well, uh, we got a lot of – Rob and I have a lot of stuff recorded. Uh, we're just in the process. You know, of course, life happens. Uh, <laughs> busy at work, uh, flying with students. Now going into kind of maybe the slower months of uh, flying due to weather and stuff. And, you know, ground lessons are definitely shorter than, you know, flight lessons and stuff. So it works out, you know, uh, where I can get some of these edited a little bit quicker. Um, But what's really next for the podcast is, again, we got some really good episodes coming up, some flight training ones. Uh, We got pre-flights, broken uh, pre-flight episodes coming out. They're broken into two segments. So, you know, the pre-flight, that's going to be, you as a pilot's pre-flight so the things to expect you know what you need to put yourself through before flying uh it's like dom safe checklists you know uh you know the different external factors that go into that and then uh we have the actual aircraft itself in the pre-flight there um and what goes into that so that's coming up uh we definitely i'm actually editing a i'm way behind on it a Sun and uh, I'm sorry, Oshkosh uh, review. Uh, Rob and I did an Oshkosh review, so we're gonna we're gonna have that up here shortly. Um, you know, uh, I, some contacts made with uh, Sarah Rovner. She's she's kind of helping me uh, maybe get in touch with uh, somebody from that she knows is an astronaut. Uh, so we're gonna try to maybe make that work. Um, so we're still working on the details on that. She's uh, she's reaching out to them. So um, that's going to, you know, we, the big thing with the podcast here is I want to, the vision I have for this podcast, you know, and after talking with Rob on this, you know, we want this podcast 
to just blow up. We want this podcast to reach everyone that it possibly can reach and do that because we want to be in, you know, here to deliver and give the best and the most accurate information to all the listeners. We want to have a very strong and influential podcast uh, where people can come, listen, and leave with something new. And uh, we want to have, you know, the best on the, of the best on the show to talk to you guys. We want to be able to develop a loyal listener, and then that loyal listener can say they can leave uh, after they're done listening to the show with maybe some new information or at least have some other information, maybe have a new way of explaining something to a student that was uh, a little bit more hard for them to explain. So that's really the big thing with this podcast. Um, we're, this, we're here to be able to educate you and, and just really, I don't know, really just, just fill you with aviation, I guess is the big one. Um, but overall, I think eventually in the future, not only with the podcast, but Blue Panda Aviation, which is my company here, um, would maybe put out like a, um, like some type of flight training, like, uh, videos or, you know, materials or education materials that eventually in the future. So it's kind of, you know, some visions that we have. Um, but overall podcast is kind of our way to reach out to everyone and, and really bring them, um, as much information as we can from every aspect of the industry, not just the flying part of it. So like in the future here, I got some, uh, I got some stuff on the books for, you know, some, uh, a new, Actually, you know, here it's kind of surprising because I've 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 had a couple students now, um, actually three total so far um, that have actually decided to change careers, and so because the aviation industry is booming so much, uh, it's always been kind of a interest, you know. But now they're actually making it a reality because of how hyped up the aviation industry is. Um, I have a, a actually coworker um, in the airline industry. And he is a um, the head of a nonprofit, uh, you know, for uh, missions and stuff, and building schools and different things like that, and education and things throughout third world countries. And he's actually changing over to become an airline pilot. And uh, he just got his private. He's working on an instrument right now. So I know he wanted to come on and, and kind of talk about his experience. So that's going to be something that we're going to have on the show eventually here in the future. Um, you know, and so then I actually had a hairdresser and she was, um, working towards, uh, changing careers. And then I have a superintendent of a school district actually, that's, um, going to retire, uh, from the, uh, being a superintendent in the next about five to seven years, he said, and he still has, he'll still have plenty of time, you know, to still live a regional career life, you know, with the airlines. So, um, you know, there's a lot of that going on, you know, so the industry is definitely thriving and, and I think it's podcasts like yours, mine, and, and then, uh, why we fly podcast, you know, Mike Harris and, and some, all these other ones that people are listening to now. Um, and they're like realizing that maybe, you know, this childhood dream, um, that, you know, back in the day that parents said, you'll never make money doing that. You know, now it's actually in a way to actually provide for your family 
not only provide for your family, but still go out and, and live this childhood dream that you've always wanted to do. Yeah, and I think that's terrific to get that that uh, voice across. I mean, one of the things that's changed, especially in the industry, is the fact that uh, you don't have to starve for so many years, and people are actually making a living, which is terrific, especially in the beginning, which it never never was like that for, or it was maybe in the '50s, but it's been a long, long time. So it's good to get the news and that voice out there. Um, so that's cool. You got all this going on. This is terrific. Uh, before we go into our question from the last episode, though, you still haven't explained. How the heck did you come up with Blue Panda? Oh, yeah, Blue Panda. So um, a good friend of mine, uh, Tyler Buttleman, uh, actually uh, the Buttleman name is is kind of up here, uh, kind of heavy in, in northern Michigan because his dad, uh, which is Bob Buttleman, uh, is one of our DPEs. Um, he was actually the director of NMC, Northwestern Michigan College's aviation program for a long time, retired out of that, and now he's just doing DPE work, uh, a little bit of charter flying, that kind of stuff. Um, but Tyler, uh, who I friended uh, many years ago, uh, him and I actually had a company. Uh, we sold um, energy drink mixers. Um, so they were mixers for like uh, to mix with alcohol and everything. So it was a drink mixing uh, drink mixer. And uh, we were sitting down one day. We said we got to come up with a, a name, uh, something that we can market, something that we can, you know, really, really build. You know, a good name. And uh, you know, for our because our drink mixers were starting to get pretty popular, um, and we needed a good business name. So we got. You know, we went out for dinner one night and we were having uh, a few drinks and I think I think he spun off. Why don't we call ourselves Blue Panda? And I, I don't know because he I think one of his colors, were, he really likes blue. And then we just thought a panda is kind of a cool looking looking animal. And so we're like, you know what, we're going to go with it. So uh, we got together and uh, uh, we call our company Blue Panda Promotions. Well, now we needed a logo. And so we're like, OK, look, how can we turn a panda into something? something cool you know so uh we uh we went on went online and we found a uh um freelance uh graphic designer and i still use him today he's the reason that my the logo is the way it is um and he took a panda crossed his arms and put some aviators on him and put a bow tie on him and it was blue panda promotions and so uh we wanted a logo that could really, you know, sell the logo itself. And then uh, the uh, Blue Panda Promotions eventually kind of windled down uh, as uh, drink mixers were kind of slowing down a little bit. So then uh, financially, we had to go separate ways with the company. And uh, we just kind of let the, the name and, and the logo kind of chill. And I said, hey, Tyler, I... Uh, I want to start this podcast. I want to do uh, this. Uh, I have this, this, and this. Uh, do you care if I, uh, you know, use this, use our name, and just change it into Blue Panda Aviation? And so then Blue Panda Aviation was born. Uh, reworked the logo. Uh, the Blue Panda logo is, uh, of course, our panda, our normal uh, promotion panda, just with a like a tie, a set of pilot wings, and some epaulets, and then I. We, uh, my designer again, once again, got into it and uh, put the podcasting headphones and the mic and, and everything else and kind of worked the fonts for us a little bit and and then was born uh, the Let's Talk Flying podcast. And uh, that's, you know, the the big thing is it's, it's a cool logo. It really fits the mood of the podcast. 
it's a cool laid back kind of, you know, something proud to wear. And, uh, you know, anybody wearing it or sporting any of the, the logo wear or anything like that, uh, I know and anyone that's listening to this will know they have, uh, you know, a good plethora of knowledge that they're gaining from our show. So, you know, with Booth Rob and, and you and, and everyone, all of us working together here, uh, we can make uh, Let's Talk Wine podcast, you know, something something great. And uh, we really look forward to working with you in the future. Awesome. Yeah, that, I tell you, this is, uh, I love the logo and I love the the story behind it. That was actually terrific. And uh, I think it's it's kind of, it's fun to just look at the logo. It's kind of funny seeing some, a blue panda uh, with some aviator sunglasses on and uh, some really cool shirts. So I got to go out there and order a shirt. That's for sure. Um, and it's easy to find. Let's talk flying.com. Uh, and this has been terrific talking to you. I tell you what, if you don't mind uh, sticking around, uh, there is a question we have from last episode I'd like to do that and then we can close out if that's alright with you oh yeah I'm down Let's awesome do awesome well what had happened is as you know uh, I started bringing a camera with me uh, on my overnights I can't really fly and take pictures uh, at my airline job I can personally uh, but I was had a cool overnight it was over in uh, Los Angeles there's a uh, museum right on the south side of the airport and it's awesome flight line museum and education center it uh actually is the only uh, airport museum at a major airport. And it's just phenomenal what they do there and the people there. But while I was there, I mentioned that uh, I did this arrival. Now, this gets kind of av geeky, and I'm not going to get too far into the woods, but one of the questions I asked is uh, for you guys to kind of look at this arrival. I did the Angels 4 arrival, the De Niro transition, and to the ILS to 25 left. So what we're going to do, for those that are just like, hey, what is that? I have it in the show notes. You can click on it from the last episode and this episode. You can pull that up if you want. You can pause now. Uh, or we, we may even put a video out about this. But real quickly, I'm going to go through. I asked, you know, how would you descend on that? And then during the descent, you were cleared for the ILS to runway 25 left. What would you do and how low would you go? So kind of follow through this. We won't go. I'm just going to go into real quickly. We have the De Niro transition. Let's look at the Angels 4 arrival and D-N-E-R-O, De Niro transition. What we're going to do is going to be there. We're at 35,000 feet and we're flying along this transition. And, uh, you know, when can we start down? Well, you can start down and go as low as 19, but can you? No, you can't. That's what the first thing people say. First thing you do is you, you actually plan your descent so that you call it cross Glenson at three between 30,000 and 24,000 feet and at 280 knots. So that'd be your first crossing restriction. So you got to be, uh, at or below 30,000 and at or above 24,000, somewhere in between there. You got to plan this too, as you're descending to the next point, which is angel, you have to be at or below 24,000 or at above flight level 190. And so you make sure that you you can put in, as you're going across this, you can actually put in 30,000. You can start your transition at the beginning of De Niro, put in actually 24,000. Start your way down. You look at all your minimum route altitudes. Flight level 190 is your minimum route altitude. You get down to 24. Now you can put in 19. The next thing you can do is 17. You have to be above 17. The next one's boil. You have to be above 14,000. And then the next thing you come up with, and this is actually on the way from Boyle to Circus, we were told you're cleared for the ILS to 25 left. The next thing you want to do is slow to two. You have to be at 270, at 270 knots, and be the lowest is 12,000 feet to 14,000 feet. 
And then that's when you transition over to your ILS to 2.5 left chart. And you see on the ILS 2.5 left chart, there's a circus transition. And uh, you're, you've already crossed to 12,000. You can actually drop down to 10,000. That's your transition till you actually hit, or I shouldn't say hit, you get across CRAN, and then you can go down to 9,000. Next step is 8,000, 7,000, 5,000, then 3,600. The last one would be 1900. That's where you're going to intercept your glide slope, and that's when you start down. So, again, going through that uh, for the ILS, it's 10, 9, 8, 7, 5, 3600 down to 1900, and that's when you start down on the ILS. And the, the minimums are right there at 304. Um, and it's really it's that simple. I just kind of wanted to go through that. I asked you know what what was the lowest altitude you could go to, uh, and you know backing up on the arrival is Glesson is twenty four nineteen at Angel, Kane is seventeen, Boyle's fourteen, and twelve thousand at Circus. And then after Circus, you can drop down to ten thousand at Crane, and then down Tarok and Dynamo at eight. The next one seven at Fueler Gate. Honda, Lima, and lot is where it's 1900, and that's when you start down the ILS. Hopefully that's helped a little bit. I know that was kind of a quick uh, overview. There's a ton of stuff on this page. That's for Aviation Careers Podcast, where we go into in-depth on these on this arrival and all the other uh, things that are on this arrival. If you do have a question, I know I went through that very quickly, and I did that on purpose because I want you to start looking at this and coming up with questions about that arrival. You know, what is this? What is that? And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. So if you do have a questions on this, click on it, send it in, and we'll answer it. Uh, hopefully that's been fun to do. That's a little av geeky. That was a, that was a kind of a blast for me to run through it that quickly. Uh, hopefully, Kevin, I think that wasn't too fast for them. Oh no, I Good. think uh, I think I mean I, I it took me a minute to catch on, but I got it. I'm looking at the plates now and stuff. I'm like, Peter, yeah, you know that's a lot going on. I mean, man, those. You know, I, I haven't really been into anything this crazy. You know, when I was doing my instrument stuff, but yeah, there's a lot going on here. And uh, think of having to decipher that well in the cockpit. You know, it's that's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of crew resource management going on there. Yeah, so it's best to brief your approaches, just like your instructor has always told you. That's for sure. Um, but uh, we're thinking about making maybe uh, one of the things I was thinking of doing. If we do technical stuff like this, is putting out a quick YouTube video. Uh, I was wondering if maybe some people would be interested in that. Eh, well, what the hell? I'll, just, I'll just put it out there anyway. Um, but anyway, the uh, as far as all this information and all the other links we talked about, Traverse City Airport and uh, you know on AirNav Traverse City, etc. The course we talked about, the Practical Guide to Winter Flying, the Scholarships Guide, all that stuff's online but just remember that uh you can easily find let's talk flying podcasts we're gonna have links to that it's easy let's talk flying.com and uh you know kevin this has been awesome man i i, I think it's been terrific having you here and uh anything else you want to tell the guests before we close here as far as your podcast and what's up next oh well i just want to kind of give a just a quick um you know, thank you again uh, for letting me come on here and inviting me on to come and talk with you today. Um, secondly, uh, I wanted to apologize. I, I was hoping to have Rob here with us today, um, but Rob is flying his airline job today, so uh, he is unable to uh, be with us. Um, but I want to kind of give a just a quick to anyone listening to this uh, podcast. You know, a lot of you know, the, of course, the Stuck Mike Avcast uh, guys are all we're all pilots, you know, for the most part. Um, but if there is anyone out there listening, you know, the big thing is is just go do it. Go take that intro flight. Uh, take that first step, and uh, you know, once the bug is bitten, it's all over from there. You know, it's it's you're you're hooked, and that's where it's going to go. So just that's if there's anyone just on the edge, the biggest thing I can say is. You know, it's worth every single penny to go do that intro flight. 
uh, and get involved in this amazing community that we have, you know, and I hope to see and meet these listeners, you know, at the sun and fun this year coming up, you know, in Oshkosh, you know, that kind of stuff. I do plan on being at sun and fun this whole year or or this whole week, the whole week of sun and fun this year. So uh, I will be volunteering at the radio station. Uh, already made those arrangements and that kind of stuff. So I look forward to maybe meeting some of our listeners. Awesome. And we can't wait to see you there. Of course, we'll be there since we've moved over to across the street from Sun and Fun. And uh, we we can't wait to have you. And also, again, can't wait to, you know, say hi. It's fun to say hi to the listeners, etc. Also, by the way, we talked about, uh, you know, different airports. What's really cool about your airport, you know, uh, we talked about that a little bit with Kevin. It's uh, it just is it's just so cool to be able to get out there and talk aviation with people that uh, just love the aviation community. You don't have to be a pilot. Just come on by and hang out and, and enjoy life so yeah that's a that's a big thing you know just enjoy enjoy it that's a big one uh being you know anyone wanting to travel you know to michigan you know northern michigan Traverse city area this coming summer you know we will there is quite a few flights uh i know they just announced um on the you know the airport did um i mean american airlines is actually going to be running flights from north carolina charlotte actually charlotte LaGuardia, you know possibly dca dallas so but I definitely have those, uh, you know, those from all around those big hubs who always come up and visit, check us out. You know, definitely hit me up. You know, I'd love to meet my listeners and, and all of our listeners. And, uh, you know, maybe get out and, and, and show you guys around town or something. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Kevin Streeter from Let's Talk Flying Podcast. Uh, this is Carl Valerian from our other co-hosts out there that couldn't be with us today. We really do love bringing this to you. Safe flying. We'll talk to you next episode. And don't forget to do something today in aviation just to fill that passion. Take care now. Safe flying. You've been listening to the Stuck Mike Abcast. Members of the Stuck Mike Abcast may receive compensation for products or services mentioned during the podcast. Compensation may be received in the form of, but not limited to, referral commissions, free products, or service trials. Our opinions and views are never influenced by any compensation, and you should always perform your own due diligence before purchasing any products or services mentioned during the show. The Stuck Mike Avcast is an aviation podcast and a Valeri Aviation Corporation production.